This is Whiskey and Risk, a J. Crew podcast where we talk about all things risky while drinking a little bit of whiskey. I'm Max. And I'm Jackson. Well, let's get into it. Cheers. Welcome back to Whiskey and Risk. I'm your host, Max Katzbeck. And I'm Jackson Doyle. And we've got a very, very special guest today, Jacob Bird Barrent, with us. That's right. Super excited to have him on the show. We work with Bird. He's another producer at our firm. We'll get into that in a little bit. I know we just celebrated the holidays, whatever you're celebrating, Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, just got the New Year's in there. Kind of a blur in the fourth quarters a lot. It's a beast. We talked about that on the last podcast. Jackson, I mean, overall, it's nice to have a breather, relax, refresh. How was your holiday season? I mean, you kind of hit it there a little bit, talking about fourth quarter. The holidays kind of fall right in the middle of the madness, trying to wrap everything up before the new year, and it was no different this year. I have a lot of accounts that end or start either 1231 or 1-1. And I had a few open accounts of those same two dates going into this year that we were trying to close. Obviously, try to end a deal just for everybody's sake before the holidays, but it just doesn't always work out that way. And trying to match everybody's calendar at that time of the year is just brutal. Especially with the underwriters being out, clients being on vacation. There's just so many factors that you can't control and that you're just trying to align with so many different people. So... It was a great end of the year, very stressful, but we're able to land and onboard a few newer accounts and partner with a few different industries of business, which I'm excited about, but it just makes coming into the new year in our job, we have renewals and things continue. It's just like every other job. One, one, we're back at zero. You got that hunger again, starting the new year. So, but the holidays were great. I had four PTO days set aside around Christmas and all of those days were worked on because of just dealing with everything and trying to get the new clients in the door, which is fine. Worth the madness, but definitely crazy. Yeah. How about yourself? Yeah, it was good. I think I have less 1-1 renewals for whatever reason. I know on the health side, there's a lot of 1-1s that I'll bring on on the new business side. Yeah. And then it kind of hands over to the servicing side with Colleen and her team. And they're just freaking unbelievable. So that's nice. On the property casualty side, though, I am more involved in the renewal process. So yeah, overall, I think quarter four was just really busy, but overall good. It was a good year, but it's nice to just refresh. And like you said, we make those residual incomes with our clients. But for whatever reason, January 1st, you have your you know your annual meeting and you're just thinking about what am I going to do this year to make myself that much better than what could I have done last year that I want to do this year to take me to the next level. Yeah. So I do have like another refreshed hunger. I think 2024 is going to be a great year for everybody. And I'm ready to hit it, hit it yeah. real hard. Personally, just a lot of family, Christmas parties, Christmas Day, going back home, hanging out with my mom, my stepdad, my brother. That's always fun and brings you back. I mean, I'm almost 30 years old, but yeah. sitting in that same living room, opening presents. I like the holiday season because we don't do anything crazy. It's pretty low key. And I hear some people doing a bunch of traveling and doing this and that, and we really don't, which I like, and I don't think I would be able to take it now with what we have going on around the holidays and different things closing at the end of the year. So I like that when it comes to that time, it's decompression time. I had some decompression and that was super nice. I mean, I love my job, but it's always good to just get away. And I think it's good for as a professional just to get that time away and come back and it just re-energizes you. So that was good. Definitely. Not re-energizing me, though, was my trip down to Scottsdale, Gilbert, Phoenix for New Year's, visiting my best friend down there. Seeing my goddaughter, she's 11 months old now. It's crazy. I saw her last, she was like one month old, and 
I don't have any kids of myself, but just seeing her grow up, it's pretty crazy. And that was a lot of fun being down there. Got the golf, yep. but now we're back and ready to hit it, ready to kick off 2024. And this is the first podcast of 2024. So let's get into it. No better way to start the year than with a guest, another team member here at Jay Krug, a fellow producer alongside Max and myself, like he already introduced, Jacob Bird Barrett. We'll bring you on. Jacob, how you doing? How's it going, guys? Thanks going for having good. me on. Oh, of course. The pleasure's ours. You yep. know, I've watched this start, so it's finally nice to kind of be on it. So yeah. So i it come full circle here. Bird's yeah. kind of seen it flourish from yeah. the first episode of us figuring out how to go about it and what we wanted to... What's a podcast? Yeah, what, Jeff, we, what are we doing? <laughs> what we wanted to do and how we wanted to go about it. And then now seeing that we're keeping it going, keeping it rolling. Yeah, and keeping it rolling. So, Bird, it's tradition. We're going to start with the bourbon max is going to read off we're drinking something pretty good we've all had a few sips here before starting and it seems to be a fan favorite so yeah get into the description and then we'll go into ratings yeah well i want to start this off first we're drinking heaven hill bottled and bond this is the first time that i've actually ever had this bourbon and more importantly this is sponsored by a friend of mine and a client of mine as well Frank Cairo over at Cairo Super Service. They are going to be the sponsor of this episode. So Cairo Super Service, they've been around since 1962, full service auto repair shop. Definitely bring my vehicle there every time that I need help. Every time something's broken or I need to spend a thousand dollars on new wheels. Hopefully I'll get a little discount with this sponsorship because I think I need some new wheels soon. But yeah, Cairo Super Service, third generation family owned. Frank was actually my roommate for a little bit during COVID too, lived in the unit upstairs and Got to get pretty close with him and meet his whole family. And like I said, third generation family owned auto repair shop. If you're in the Chicagoland area, they're over at 7835 West Belmont Avenue over in Elmwood Park. Like I said, been there since the early 60s and they're the best of the best. If you want some straight shooters that know how to fix your vehicle and give you a fair price, bring it over to Cairo Super Service. So thanks, Frank, for the Heaven Hill. Shout out, Frank. So getting into this Heaven Hill bottled and bond. This Kentucky bourbon pays tribute to the earliest days of the distillery's history, when in 1939, it released Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. The namesake brand quickly became the number one selling bourbon whiskey in the state of Kentucky. Still today, the craftsmanship poured into this bottle by the same founding family meets the exciting standards first set forth in the Bottled and Bond Act of 18. 97. So overall, yeah, they've been around for a number of years. I've never had this bourbon, but I, I really do like it. It's 100 proof. It's aged seven years. Just some of the tasting notes real quick. Color, golden amber, aroma, warm notes of vanilla, honey, and a rich caramel sweetness. There's there my is. favorite word again. There I love is. that. Tastes smooth, warm, and sweet with a subtle rye spice note. Caramely and honey mingle with just enough oak and char to round out the richness and finish long lingering. I'll just say it's 100 proof. I usually like the 90 proofs, but I had a sip of this and I've got to say this might be one of my new favorites. Very good. It is so smooth. I can taste like the honey in it. It's not really hot, especially for being 100 proof bourbon. So I really like this. This is in the nines for me. I'm going to go probably. Really? Yeah. I'm going to say this is a nine two. I'm going to go nine two. Nine two. Yeah. We're going to have to fact check this. I don't know if that's your highest score or not. It might be up there. It's, I don't even know if I gave Buffalo I, Trace a 9-2. I think you gave... I think I might like this a little bit more than Buffalo Trace. You might Buffalo Trace a 9-1. I don't know. We're going to go back and look. But Run the tape. All right. 9-2. That's higher than mine. That's high. Bring me back down. Humble you know, me a little per bit, tradition, though. I'm going to have one more sip. 
just confirmed the score in my mind. It's pretty solid, and there's no wiggle room there. It's an 8-7. That's which, fair. That's strong. For that's sure. a strong score. <laughs> I'm, I'm a sucker with, for high scores. So yeah, I, you know. I, I'm with you. I'm with you, though. I'm a 90-proof guy because you can kind of go on the rocks or you can put it in with a mixer, 100-proof. Yeah, I mean, you can mix a 100-proof. You could do whatever you want. I'm not going to judge anybody's game, but... I'm giving this an 8-7. Still not better than a Buffalo Trace to me, but definitely up there compared to what we've had on the pod. Fair, fair. And Bird. Let Let's me see. Get, let me take a sip here. Yep, and give here you we go. Ring. Drum roll, please. Yeah, that's real good. That's real good. I'm probably going to put it about a maybe 8-9. 8-9, right in the middle. 8-9. Hell yeah. All right. Bird with his first score, and it's coming in at And Bird is on the board. Yes. Yes. All right. Well. We said prior that we all liked it, and the scores show it. Yeah, so. awesome. Thanks, well, thanks, Frank, one more time. Thanks, yeah. Frank. Shout out, Frank. Shout out to Cairo Super Service. If your car's broke down and you're in the northwest part of Chicago, bring it over to Elmwood Park and let That's Frank right. and his team take care of you. Without further ado, though, I want to introduce Bird. Bird's been with the firm how many years now, Bird? Ooh, it's getting close to about three. Three almost. Yeah. Three. Wow. Yeah, just started uh, a little bit after Jackson here. Yeah. About a month after. So, yeah, we're approaching that three-year mark here. Nice. No shocker here. Bird went to what college? Oh, you know it. Illinois State. The Harvard of the Midwest, That's folks. right. Fellow Redbird. Fellow Redbird. Bird the bird. Bird Roll the birds. birds. Roll <laughs> birds, baby. So, Bird, let's just dive into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and kind of what brought you into the insurance business. Yeah, definitely. So, went to Illinois State. Funny enough, me and Jackson graduated at the same time, but... Never really crossed paths. Our circles mingled a little bit. Sadly not. So got to meet Jackson here first week on the job. But yeah, so went to Illinois State four years. It was a great time over there. And after graduating, was looking to get into a sales position Mm -hmm. and didn't really know where to start looking at and wound up getting connected with Connor Walsh, one of the brokers here as well. Mm -hmm. And had a conversation with him and he put me in touch with Jeff and Tom. And like you like to say, the rest is history. The rest is history. history. And going into that, so we'll get into kind of your focus, but how about your family background and how did you get connected with Connor in the first place, which also ties into kind of your focus now too. Yeah, it does. So got to know Connor. He was the broker on my family's business account. They're a trailer dealership over here in the Chicagoland area. He mentioned to my mom, who's kind of running the show over there, that our office hires a lot out of Illinois State, mm-hmm. and I was a recent grad, so just made the connection there, had a phone call, just got to know a little bit more about being a producer and what this job entails, and sounded like it was right up my alley, so took the leap of faith and came in, did the interview, and wound up securing the position over here. So That's right. And let's give a quick shout out to the family dealership. Go ahead and let's give a quick little plug here. Yeah, a quick little plug for them. If you guys need any servicing on your trailer, you need a new one, they do a little custom upfitting as well. Check out Advantage Trailer over in Carroll Stream. That's right. We're always here hyping up the connections, making any connection we can, but we're never short of the plug. That's what we're here for. Love that. So... You mentioned your family business, what brought you into the insurance industry. It sounds very, I can relate to that because when I was going to ISU, majoring in finance, got out, didn't know what I wanted to do. Well, actually, I would say during the period of going to school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be in business, so it was always fascinating, but ended up just kind of falling into the insurance industry and I realized how impactful it can be. People don't like to talk about insurance necessarily, but it is a necessary thing when you need it. It is the most important thing 
top of mind. You want to make sure it's correct. You want to make sure it's accurate. And you want to make sure you can call someone like us that is going to be there for you and fighting on your behalf. So I definitely relate to just kind of falling into it and then just learning the ropes and what's been your experience in working with business owners. And personally, I really enjoy just talking the talk of business and learning about people's operations. I didn't Mm -hmm. really come from that background with the family business ownership. That's something that I just find very fascinating to talk about. So kind of what's been your experience in that? So it was definitely a great experience growing up, being able to help out in the family business. Washing trailers? (laughs) Yeah, basically helping out anywhere you can. But it's cool to see it from a different perspective. And yeah, like I mentioned, just would help out any way I could, whether it was answering phones, sweeping the shop, washing trailers, anything they needed. Now I like to kind of use that and just kind of understand the businesses I'm working with and kind of getting the full scope of their operations and just seeing how that plays out. I think that's the most fascinating part of the job. Well, I feel like that's kind of what's led into the majority of your success too within your niche. We'll kind of go into where you're kind of specializing now because Max has kind of talked about his niche and I have myself as well. And we all kind of have our certain specialties here within the firm, but I feel like it's almost easier, but makes more sense for you to be not just targeting those accounts, but working with the business owners within that field that you grew up in because you know and have been a part of every job within the dealership. So kind of talk through when you're sitting down in front of a business owner within that field, you can relate to everything that they're saying, whether it's good, bad, pros, cons. You kind of know exactly what they're going to say before they say it. And if you can't tell by now, Bird here, he focuses on working in the trailer type of industry, those types of clients. Focus on working with dealerships, whether auto, motorcycle, trailer, and then even on like the service and repair side. So all the garages around kind of what I grew up in and just now. So Frank, you hear that? (laughs) 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 It was just one of those things that just makes it a whole lot easier. You can basically find their struggle before even them telling you because you know the industry, you know the common problems. The big thing for a while during COVID, steel, aluminum prices, all that was skyrocketing. Yeah. So yeah. it was just helping maintain costs wherever they could. Yeah. You got to supplement it somewhere. So That's insurance right. premiums happened to be that case. Yeah, steel, aluminum, toilet paper, all very expensive during COVID. <laughs> for sure. And hard to find. And hard yep. to find. And hard to find. Hard to find. <laughs> Being newer into the industry, you've been doing it for three now, so you definitely have seen kind of your growth from when you started to where you're at now, and it's super impressive. I come to you and ask you questions. If I'm working on an account that might be kind of more in your realm, yeah, we all I'll I'll run it by you, and that's the same with Jackson, too, with his focuses on the mechanical contractors. And me, if someone has a question, I'm always happy to help, especially on the health side. I feel like that's where I help the most. But with that being said, when you have that focus, do you find that it's easier to talk to clients when you know what you're talking about as opposed to like bouncing around to different industries. I mean, for me, that built a lot of confidence in the first one or two accounts that you're writing. You're kind of winging it, not winging it, but just kind of getting by and you might be asking a lot of questions. But eventually, once you do it enough for the same type of account, you know what to look out for. You know what the underwriter is going to ask. What's kind of been your experience on that? I think with anything in life, it just comes with experience. So having those few years behind my belt, basically able to ask all the questions questions underwriters are going to ask me in that initial meeting. I know what they need. You're able to, once you find that niche almost, sort of speak, you're able to duplicate and repeat that process. And it kind of speeds it up. Like you just said, knowing exactly what we're going to need to go through all of the underwriting process. If I was going into 
a garage account and I didn't have you to help me through it, I would have no idea. It would take months to underwrite rather than you can put it in one email. You can give them a bulleted list of everything that you need. Boom. It's taken care of within a week. And that is where the specialization factor, I feel like, sets you apart from the competition, but then also anybody here within the firm. This is tier above. Yeah, 100%. I mean, our job is to make things as simple as possible for the client. If we can answer all those questions from the get-go, it speeds up our process and saves them a lot of headaches. Another thing that I find is very cool, too, is just your confidence I've seen just grown over the years from when you started to now just hearing you talk on the phone, especially with your clients and just being more comfortable with knowing what you're talking about and just realizing, hey, I might be newer, but like I still know 99% more than just your average person that doesn't work in the insurance industry and just seeing you evolve. It's been really cool to see. So shout out, shout out to I appreciate those kind words. Oh yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. We could all say it the same way. We've all been in front of somebody in a room that gives us the look like, what is this kid doing here? Like, right. I think even we though, all struggle with that. Right. Yeah. Even though we know what we're doing and we do the job and should be treated as such, you can't help that sometimes you're looked at as somebody that's young and that's just going to be a factor. But sometimes you just got to own it and be like, you yeah, I might be young, but work. I know my shit. And that's yeah. exactly how it should be Absolutely. and go about it. The work speaks for itself. And I'll be here for the next 30 years. The guy you're working with that might be retiring in the next five years, that's two right. years, whatever. I mean, the average age of the insurance broker out there is, I think, in the upper 50s. There's a lot of people entering retirement, but working with someone that's younger and hungry, that's going to be in the business for a long time. If I was a business owner and I had a younger guy come up to me, yeah, I'd be a little weary at first, like, hey, this guy's pretty young, but just learning through working with them and building that confidence in them and understanding that they know what they're talking about and then being able to work with them for the next however many years and build that long-term relationship is huge. So That's right. To kind of pivot a little bit, Max and I have talked about this in other industries and also just being in insurance. You're driving down the road, you see a business, your mind kind of goes to like, what would I do to insure that? Or what does their insurance look like in different things? Since working with you and hearing the conversations you have or different accounts that you've worked on, I catch myself sometimes driving past car dealerships. You see all the cars and you're like, oh, I wish I could drive that car. But then I'm also thinking, who insures this car dealership and what coverages go into that? Can you kind of give some insight on like, what are like worst case scenario situations for like a yeah. car dealership, Ford or Chevy dealership that we've all been to to buy a car? What's going on in their insurance, best case scenario, worst case scenario on any given day? Obviously, the biggest thing that they got to protect is their inventory. All the cars that are sitting out there, not covered, that's their biggest exposure, 100%. So just making sure that you adequately cover all those vehicles is the main focus for them. So that coverage is the dealer's open lot. It's kind of like property almost. You have a set limit, and obviously co-insurance applies on that. That's wrapped into the auto coverage, and... For dealerships, that's your main exposure. And that's basically taking in the limit of the cost of every car, almost, that's sitting out on the lot. Basically, the easiest way to do it would be how many cars do you got on the lot? Multiply that by the average price of that vehicle, and that's basically your limit. So that's one of the big coverages. And then also, a lot of those dealerships are doing service work, so they're, say, holding on to your car or your car. And obviously, you want that protected when it's in their hands, and that's the garage keeper's coverage. So anything that they're holding for service, repair, anything like that. So the gist of it is those are basically your two main exposures, cars you're holding and the cars that you're selling. 
how does it work? So I have a personal vehicle, right? I have a deductible on my vehicle. Let's say it's $1,000. I get in an accident, I pay that $1,000. Well, what happens if you're a dealership and there's a hailstorm that comes by and you got a bunch of cars outside and they all got dinged? How does that work? You start to cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's and every dealership's <laughs> sure. nightmare. Yeah, fire swear. sale. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, there is a way to kind of combat that cost a little bit, and it's maxing out the deductible. Mm-hmm. So typically how they do it is you have a set deductible per car. Mm-hmm. So if only for some reason one car got hit with hail, you'd pay, say, your $500 deductible. Though in this instance comes hailstorm and it ruins the whole lot. A lot of these carriers realize that that would basically cripple you almost financially. Mm-hmm. So they max out that deductible. So typically it's about the fifth vehicle. So if you have a $500 deductible, once that $2,500 rolls in, the rest of it you don't have to pay the deductible on. It's huge to have that max deductible. As opposed to $500 for 100 vehicles. Exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. So that's 100% the biggest thing there. Yeah, is making that sure would be that a max bad day. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I did have a client at one point that they're not a dealer. They're not eligible for that garage keeper's policy, but they were a company that had multiple trucks and overnight someone broke in and stole catalytic converters from like seven of the vehicles. I mean, it's just an average auto policy. So you don't have that aggregate limit of that 2,500. Each vehicle in that instance was subject to its own comprehensive deductible that was not good so that's kind of where i come from having to deal with that go through that for you know an auto dealership obviously you got 100 vehicles out on a lot it wouldn't make sense to do that so yeah no that's definitely their biggest nightmare absolutely so any other coverages or any other things that you see from the dealers general liability property workers comp Obviously, dealerships have the same coverage as most businesses. Right. You got the property, general liability, all that. But yeah, that main thing is those dealers open lot coverage and that garage keepers. And then just making sure those deductibles are set at the right limits for you. So nothing's left uncovered or you're not shelling out too much cash on the deductibles. Gotcha. And Fair in, enough. in terms of like markets, is that something that every insurance carrier writes dealerships or is it kind of more of a specialized type? Yeah, definitely a little bit more specialized, a little bit harder to find than your day-to-day operation. Than a flower shop or (laughs) something. Yeah, than your flower shops or HVAC contractors, a little bit, stuff like that. So Shout out HVAC contractors. Shout out HVAC contractors. (laughs) (laughs) So it is a little bit more specialized, but we got enough carriers that we get it done no matter what. Yeah, that's the good thing about being independent. Independent. We get it done no matter what. Love it. I love that bird. You just fired me up. Yeah, leveraging those carrier uh, relationships, that's great. How about in terms of claims? I know we talked about the open lot. That's a claim scenario. Is there any claims that you've personally seen that you've gone through that you can maybe touch upon? Knock on wood here, but luckily haven't seen a hailstorm yet. That's huge. Fingers crossed that doesn't happen. It will, but <laughs> fingers crossed it holds off until yes, you know, as long as possible. But I would say one of the biggest ones I've seen it a couple times now is theft of the trailers. Because... Mm-hmm. It's a little bit easier on the trailer side of things, opposed to if you're an auto dealership. You can basically just hook up to the trailer and go. We've seen that a couple times, but nothing too bad. Obviously, we had the trailers insured properly, paid out both carriers each time. It was a pretty smooth claims process for them. Nice. Obviously, it's a headache to go through a claim to begin with, but it's a little bit easier when you have a carrier that's working smoothly with you. 
And you pay all this money for insurance. So when something happens, you want to make sure that it's covered properly and your client was made whole. So that's obviously great. And then a testament to your work, writing the policy correctly the first time. And I'm sure your clients really appreciate that. That's kind of how you separate yourself from just being price. Every broker has a lot of the same carriers. Some people like to shop around every single year and move brokers every single year. And it's if you win on price, you're going to lose on price. But things like that will really separate yourself. I definitely think that. And at the end of the day, I just, <laughs> when I get those bad phone calls, I want to be able to look them in the eye and be like, yep, don't worry. We'll get taken care of. You got the right coverage in place. That's so. a great but, feeling. Yes. That's a great yes. feeling. That is a great feeling. Not all heroes wear capes. Some of them wear quarter zips and golf pants sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's, and they're named Max. All right. Great place to pivot. <laughs> great place to pivot. With this being our first episode of 2024, I thought it'd be a good spot and opportunity to kind of reflect on 2023 really quick. Our best win, but also moment personally and professionally of 2023. And that doesn't even have to be like winning an account. It could be like we just said, having a claim covered for a client. So in business, what was your best moment of 2023 and in your personal life? Favorite moment, memory of 2023. And then let's talk about goals, both professionally and personally for this year, 2024. Max, you want to start us off? I'll just say when account wise, the property market's extremely hard right now. And I work with a homeowners association in the Chicagoland suburban area. It's about 400 units. It was a rather large account, about 100, 150 million in total insurable values, I believe. was able to win that. That was a really cool one to do. It was a lot of work that went into it, but just the relationship that we had with the property management company and being able to streamline the process for them and get them a savings in this hard property market, that was really cool to do. You're going to have to come back to me personally. I got to think about it. Jackson, how about you go? 2023, I've made it no secret to the pod, was a tough year. It was a tough year just in the insurance industry alone, market conditions, but also different things going on. I had multiple opportunities that we just didn't land this year, but I will say best win of 2023 business-wise, I'm going to go twofold. Last deal of the year, we're able to close a very solid account, 1231, that literally went down to the wire. We closed it on the 29th of December. That's why you were working on that PTO, huh? That's right. And it was only because it was a perfect fit. When I reached out to the business, it was because I had onboarded a client earlier in the year in the same industry kind of in this, a very similar position that I knew we could help and kind of working with the management team, it just became more and more clear that our agency was going to be a really good fit for them. We just kind of had to put the puzzle pieces together and we did that. So that was a great win. But in that, I think I'm going to not pat myself on the back, but I'll do it for you. Just staying positive throughout the tough year. For sure. To then still be able to close an account at the end of the year, despite the struggles and the ups and downs, ebbs and flows of what this business 100%. is. So that I will say was the best for me to kind of reflect back on in 2023 is kind of still getting through the weeds and the hardship yeah. and never letting it waver. And are we going 2024 yet? Or are we going to go all No, I just want to say, dude, that is like the hardest part about this job is there's so many ups and downs, especially when you're starting off and you're living and dying on every single deal. Like once you have a book, it's a little bit easier it's never fun or easy to lose an account, but it's okay to like, hey, this might not be a good fit and like walk away. But when you're starting off and you don't really have a book, it's like 
I need to win this because I've got my goals and all that. Just dealing with like the rejection of not winning an account, going through those struggles and like staying positive is I think the biggest key, especially starting off in your career that you can have as a broker, as a producer. And Jackson, obviously like in the office, you're kind of like the hype guy, like you've got great energy, very motivated, a type personality. And I know you struggled, but a little bit, I mean, you still had your wins. I mean, it was a great year for other people, but for you and your own standards, obviously you don't feel like you were there, but just to stay motivated and stay in that good atmosphere and bring that good vibe to the office is huge. So I I will give you a pat on the back. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's something that I was thinking about. And obviously there was bad days. I mean, we all have bad bad days within the office. And I've spoke on it before, Bird, you can kind of touch on this too, because we've talked about it. But I have definitely brought it up multiple times on the pod is the culture at J. Krug of it's a very team environment. We have wins together. We have losses together. Everybody is involved in on every account of almost rooting for. We all have our own individual goals, but we're all involved in the team growth and yeah. here for the long haul of remaining independent and seeing where J. Crew can go. And so everybody feels the bad days and everybody feels the wins and we celebrate yeah. and we take a trip to tree and we tree do guys. whatever, you know, yeah. do whatever we can do. Tree but guys. Great I can't speak enough about the culture within our office. And I don't think the bad days would be the same if I was somewhere else. For sure. And I will say like, I kind of get like a vibe of David versus Goliath. We have competitors, they're very large brokers out there and they have a ton of resources and they have a huge employee workforce. And we're Jay Krug, and we were Agency of the Year in 2022. We're 25 people. We win accounts from those big guys all the time. And it is so cool to be in a place that, hey, maybe we don't have an attorney on staff or like a team of 100 different people going through so many different layers. But just like this podcast, we just take it, we grab it, and we own it. And I think that's super cool. So that's awesome. Just to touch back on Jackson's point, culture thing here is huge. We all sit next to each other. I hear your accounts all day long. You going back and forth with underwriters. So I yep. feel like it's almost my account. Yeah, we feel point, each other's. Yeah, yeah so we're involved. The, and I think some of the greatest moments are not when I win an account, but when one of you guys bring in one of these huge ones or great account of battle, stuff like that. I mean, it's just great to see that the job was finished and yeah. the excitement on you guys. That's just yeah. the point, right? That Bird is just a great guy. I mean, Bird just Bird's adds the best guy. as what it is. But what he just said, I think we could all relate to. I'm almost cheering harder for the other wins. We see the days of like working late and trying to figure it out and talking to different underwriters and going through the negotiation process. And there are just long days of going through a deal that... The ups and the, the downs. Not... On the other side, you know, the insured, the business owner, they don't always see what goes through. We're just the middlemen in terms of getting the quote and going through everything. But there's a lot of different strategies and things involved to get to the end result. So much that goes into it before the insured actually sees that proposal. That's right. Obviously, they just flip right to the price page. But I mean, there's so much more in terms of coverages and getting pricing down to be competitive, especially in this market. It's really cool. And one of the other things I'll just say best win, I think. Something that I really enjoy kind of piggybacking on you guys is when you guys bring a group health deal to me, benefits deal, and I'm able to help you guys close that. So it's like a team win. Like Jackson, I know we just did one together to end out the year. And I think that's awesome. Be able to round out things for you guys and you have your guys' trust in developing that business. And that's something that I find a lot. It went very smooth. 
Of course. It went very smooth. Because we're Jake Rude. That's right. (laughs) All right, Bird, Bird, touch on 2023, and then let's all go around on 2024 goals and what we want to see. 2023 had its ups and downs, for sure, like everyone probably had. We feel you, brother. I think as a whole, you know, once you get one of those tough ones across Mm -hmm. the board, whether it's hard market or just a lot of long nights at the office with it, but when you put it across the board, like we said, I mean, that's just the best feeling. So we had a couple of those this year in 2023, so I would highlight those a little bit, obviously. There's more to come in 2024. For sure. With that being said, you want to lead us off with kind of some goals or personally and then professionally, if any, on the goals of 2024. Let's get fired up a little bit. Yeah, let's (laughs) do it. Well, I mean, obviously, as a sales guy, you just, you want to hit your yearly goal. Yeah, for sure. That's like the easiest one to say there. Something a little bit more professionally. I just, I want to get out of the office a little bit more. You guys get out a little bit, golf, different things like that. I think 2024 is going to be my year to get on the, the year course. Of bird. The year yeah, of bird. Get on the course a little Spread bit Spread his more. wings, baby. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I like that goal. I Actually, like that goal, too. I like that goal. That's been my goal as well, too, just getting out of the office. And at first, I always felt guilty about going and golfing and going to happy hours and stuff. And it sounds really awesome, but sometimes, I mean, when you work a full day, then going like down into the city and doing like a happy hour networking event, it's not always something that you want to do at the moment, but... Even like during the summer, like when you go golfing with people, it's like, ah, oh, man, I can't believe this is my job. I feel a little bit guilty. Maybe I should be in the office, but it's always like I do that stuff. And that's where business comes from because people like doing business with people that they trust and like. And that's how you really build those relationships. It's not sitting in the office. It's not cold calling. It's not cold emailing. I mean, you have to do that to start off. But eventually when you start working on larger deals, it's building those relationships. So I really like that. My personal goal from a monetary point, I'll just say it. I want to cross $100,000 in new commission revenue this year. That's my goal. And then I will also say, Bird, I'd like your goal too. And I'll also piggyback on that, just building my network, getting out of the office and building those referral sources and and then also giving out referral sources and helping my clients connecting people. So those are my two goals. I think that those are both great goals. We could all say the exact same thing. So I'll try to go in a little bit of a different direction without getting a little too specific. I mean, we all know that it wasn't the best year, the greatest year across the board, but my goal is to triple what I brought in last year, goals to triple it. So don't get ahead of yourselves if you're listening, but goals to triple it. And then personally, for those of you that don't know, which is everybody listening, I am now a seventh grade girls basketball coach for a local local middle school here in the burbs. My goal is just to kind of grow from that experience. I'm very excited, but also a leadership role, taking that by the reins, but then just kind of seeing what we can do with it. I see myself as a motivator and somebody that can bring energy, but being able to be in a different environment and kind of utilize my personality a little bit. I'm very excited about. So when you come from a background of athletics too, right? Yes. Yes. And my older brother is a high school basketball coach. So it's something I've always wanted to do. And I think that I'll do well at it. So we'll just put a goal out there that we want to win the league championship this year. I love that. <laughs> that's, I love, awesome. that's electric. Yep. That is electric. We We're talking about you know, money and <laughs> yeah. getting in golfing. And you're like, yeah. I want to bring a championship <laughs> to my middle school, <laughs> baby. Right, I, I, I love that. I want 2024 I'm to be fired the year up. of wins. <laughs> and if I could bring a group goal together, I want this to be the biggest year ever at J. Crew. That's what Hell I want. Yeah. Yeah. I want all the producers. Dude, so I'm fired up. Yeah. Thanks, coach. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, since we're all talking goals, I think it's 
only right that we bring on we've the been keeping behind them, the scenes We've been here. keeping them in the dark a little bit. We want to take this time to introduce our listeners to Koopa Loop Cooper, our audio engineer and also account manager on the property casualty side. Cooper, how the hell are you? Doing well, Max. Thank you guys for letting me talk for a little bit on here. Thanks for uh, being on here. You got some goals right now? Yeah, goals. Yeah. So, I mean, I started in March and honestly, I didn't really come from a insurance background. I studied journalism at the University of Iowa. So each day has kind of been a whole lot of learning about the insurance industry. Really, I just want to keep growing from that experience. Obviously, taking on this position to help out with the podcast, I feel like was a big opportunity for me to kind of listen in on other people's experiences and not only learning about insurance, but like the sales side of insurance as well. Right. So really, I just want to keep growing and learning about this whole industry, maybe taking on more responsibility, helping out producers with not only winning accounts, but kind of maintaining it. I like talking to people every day. That's kind of really what my job is, just kind of staying in contact with our current customers and our accounts, maintaining the business. And I try and do it in a timely manner as well. Pride myself in that. So really, I just want to keep doing that, growing from that, just kind of expanding my knowledge in the insurance industry while yeah. I keep doing it. And I don't want to sound like a broken record, but even for you too, I will say your growth from when you first started to where you're at now has been very, very good. And I know every day I see you getting better and better. And especially like now I feel like I'm to the point where I'm like, yeah, just I'll refer my clients or direct them over to you, like my current clients. I and mean, I know you can handle the job and obviously part-time audio guy here on the podcast. <laughs> so you did a little bit of broadcasting it. Iowa, right? I did. So I did help out at the Student Radio Center and the Journalism School. What did Um, we talk about? It was just... Were you on the show or... Yeah. So I actually ran the soundboard. You're a natural. I knew it. It was a lot bigger. And also it was working with a live audience too. So there was a couple times where you screwed up and the audio was just blank for like 20 minutes. (laughs) But luckily the, the Student Radio Center in Iowa City was not like getting bombarded with listeners. So it was okay to screw up. That's what our bosses told us there. I graduated with a journalism mass communication degree. Again, insurance was really not what I was expecting. Everybody just falls into it. But everybody falls into it. I love it so far. It's a very interesting industry. It's overwhelming at first, you will say, right? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I feel like you're getting more comfortable with it. Definitely. I feel more comfortable, especially I was nervous to talk on the phone first. Yeah. A little bit. I could hear that. To customers. Now you sound like The Rock Johnson on the phone. I I don't know if I'd go that (laughs) far. That's that's the cream of the crop. That's this Heavenly Hills talking right there. Yeah. (laughs) No, I love it here. It's really helped too that I've been welcomed here with all the coworkers and the culture here. Jackson talked about it a little bit earlier. The culture definitely helped. I feel like I've had encouragement. I know John Duffy's helped me a lot. Kyle Yeoman, who used to work here, he helped me out a lot too. Mm -hmm. And then kind of taking in his role because he looked for a different path. I think he really helped me fill in his footsteps before he went to look for something else. And I got to thank him for that as well, because those two have definitely put me into the right position to succeed. What's your goal for 2024, dude? Just keep learning at the moment. I know I don't have any numbers to look at right now, but just keep growing. I do have to get property and casualty license. I'm still working on that. That's definitely a goal I got to take care of in the early part of 2024. You got it. That's a good goal. So once I get that taken care of, then I just want to keep learning and becoming as close to an expert as I possibly can about yep. insurance. And you're on the right path, dude. Your growth has been noticeable for sure. So thanks for everything you do and Thank appreciate it. Thank you for it. letting me talk for a little bit. Guys. Yes. How's it yeah. feel? 
Is it kind of like back at home from college or? I like talking to a mic a lot more. During the COVID shutdown, me and one of my friends started a podcast just because we were kind of bored. What was it about? Whatever we kind of wanted to talk about. We started it when the MJ documentary came out. Okay. We did episode reviews of that. Okay. After each night. You're a sports better, correct? Yes. Any picks for us? This is going to come out in a little bit, but baseball. I like how you mentioned baseball, but baseball is not really my expertise. What is your expertise? Golf is probably the sport I watch (laughs) the most. The Masters. Yeah, if you could put a prediction out there, where are you at? I had to put one name out there. Ludwig Oybear. (laughs) (laughs) What is the bet? He is probably about 25 to 1 to win the Masters. He is from Sweden. He's a rookie. Any golf fans out there, that's considerate. I'm not saying you should take it, but this is something I kept my eye on. All right, Cooper. Great exiting remark. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. Yeah, that was awesome. Okay. Was awesome to end on right there. I'm not even going to try to say that. Ludwig? I'm just going to have Ludwig text it to me, and I'm going to place my If Tiger's in the Masters, it's always and always will be Tiger Woods, but that's just personal preference. Sunday Um, Red. Great pod, Bird. Thank you so much for joining. Like I said, if you're an auto dealership or trailers, anything kind of automotive, Bird's the guy. He's the expert in the space, so feel free to reach out to him. Also landscapers. And landscapers, too, right? Did we touch on that? No, we didn't, but dabble in that as well. I mean, a lot of similar, not similarities, but I mean, every single landscaper has a trailer of some sort. That's right. Kind of follows. True. Follows. So touch on that industry as well. So I appreciate you guys having me on. This was awesome. Yeah. Of course. Like I said, I watched this start. Finally, great to be on, and yeah. you guys have been killing it. It was our pleasure. It really was. You all heard that. Bird said it was awesome, and so if any of you want to be on the pod, don't be shy. We want guests. Shy. We want sponsorships. If you want to get a shout-out from the pod, just sponsor a bottle of bourbon. We'll give you a shout-out of your business, and you will just have millions of listeners that will know who your business is. It's going to be sick. One final shout-out, Frank. Over at Cairo Automotive, thank yep. you so much for this bottle. Cairo Super Service, I should say. Over in Elmwood Park, seriously, if you have any issues with your vehicle, bring it over to them because they're the best. This bottle's the best. Holy cow. Nine, very good. What did I give it? A nine? Two. Nine, two. Wow, yep. yeah. And I stand, stand by it. I mean, we've put a dent into this thing. So yep. it's always a pleasure, boys. Shout out, Cooper. Thanks for everything, Coop. Make it like, sound as good as we do. And if you like what you heard, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. And thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.